When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jennifer Rothschild has authored 19 books and Bible studies, including her latest, Amos, An Invitation to the Good Life. She's the featured teacher and founder of Fresh Grounded Faith Women's Events, and she hosts the 413 Podcast. In her own words, she's a boy mom who's been blind since age 15 that lives in Missouri with her very own Dr. Phil. Jennifer, it's so great to have you back on Takeaways. I'm so glad to be with you, Kirk. Thanks for the invite. You know, Chelsea and I just love you and Dr. Phil, your very own Dr. Phil. And uh, I'm always, (laughs) your very own. And we're always so encouraged and so inspired by you guys. And uh, this is such a, a, a fitting topic for me to be talking with you about this subject of courage. I think we need it more now than ever before. Uh, in, a, in, a, in a season of fear and deception, uh, a friend of mine said that courage isn't the absence of fear, it's the conquering of it. And, uh, and yet, knowing how to do that is really challenging. So thank you for doing this study, and I, and I can't wait to talk with you about it. Well, it is a time for courage. Every day is a time for courage. Can you help us understand, from God's point of view, what is the difference between the unbelieving world's definition of courage and a biblical definition of courage? Well, I think the world thinks courage is just the absence of fear. It's conquering through your own self-will and perseverance, whatever you encounter. And that you face it, you do it, you're brave, and it's done. Whereas biblical courage is not something we achieve. It's something we receive. And I think for for us as believers, when Mm. you see courage in Scripture, you see that it is something that we take, not something that we accomplish. And in fact, that's why, you know, the Bible study you were referring to is called Take Courage because that's what Scripture tells us to do, to take courage. But I got to be honest, Kirk, when I first started studying this because I needed courage, I really thought Scripture meant, okay, take courage, like Here's another thing on your spiritual to-do list. So you might be afraid, you might feel weak, you might feel spiritually wimpy, but you better man up and do the thing. Take courage. But that's not what it means. Really, when we look at the phrases, take courage in scripture or be strong, what we're really seeing is God is saying, I want you to take from me the Mm. courage you need. I don't want you to muster up the courage inside. I want you to take it from me. And that's how I've learned to really have biblical courage is to take it from God. I love that. And I want to think more about that, that, that it's something uh, that we receive, not something that we achieve, that it's a gift from God and he's inviting us to take courage. So do we do something <laughs> or is it just a gift that he drops down into our heart and all of a sudden we have courage? What exactly is he inviting us right. to? Right. Well, you know, when I studied the original language, when you see the phrase take courage, whether it was in the Old Testament or in the New, whether it's Hebrew or Greek, especially in the Hebrew, it's always what's called a passive imperative. Okay, so an imperative means, Kirk, take courage, you do it. But when there is a passive imperative, it basically means you do what is being done to you and for you. 
In other words, you mm. cooperate with what God is already equipping you to do. And because of God's presence in our lives, because of his strengthening presence, we can receive from him the courage that we need. We cooperate with it through faith and we say, okay, God, I'm going to take the next step, like walking by faith, not by sight, knowing that you will be the ground beneath me that will support me on that next step. Okay, I, I, I get this. So the way that we practically take courage is not just pull myself up on my bootstraps and steal myself with, with, a, with a backbone of concrete, no matter what uh, is facing me, but it's receiving the presence of God, the strength of God, believing his promises, that sort of thing, and really just letting that like just saturate our mind and take root in our heart. Is, is that the right idea? That's the right idea. And I will tell you for me, um, I have seen this come to life in my life because your, your viewers may not know that I'm blind. I've been blind since I was a teenager. And so I've had to have a certain amount of perseverance. I've just had to and endurance. And I've had to have courage because I literally cannot see my next step. But here's the thing. There's been seasons in my life and even in the last couple of years when I just ran out of steam. I ran out of the my personal ability to have the next step courage that I needed. And so when I say we rely on and we trust what God is already doing in us, I've seen it come to life. And so we do. We trust his presence. We trust his people. We trust his promises. And so for me, that means I have to trust him more than I trust my feelings. Because if I trust my feelings, I will not have courage. But if I trust God and his active presence in my life and the reality of his word in my life, then I can go ahead and receive from him the courage that I need. And it gives me the practical ability to take the next step. Jennifer, I'm, I'm so glad you reminded the audience of that. I forget that you're blind. Uh, we've known each <laughs> other for a while. And, and, um, and, and yet it, it, it always hits me in a fresh way when I think of it. I mean, this phrase, you know, walk, we walk by faith and not by sight. But for you, th that has an entirely different meaning. It's so real for you. You literally are not walking by sight. You are walking by faith. But what gives you eyes to see things that the rest of us often overlook or are blind to uh, is the promises of God. And you're always talking about yeah. the promises of God. How do the promises of God give us courage? Well, I think of Psalm 119. I believe it's verse 92, um, where the psalmist says, if it were not for your law, meaning your word, uh, I would have perished in my affliction. And Kirk, I think that's what it is for me. I have recognized that if it were not for the promises in his word, I would have just not made it through blindness. I wouldn't make it through the next hour. And so for me, that means, and I, and I believe this is true for you, for every listener, for every Christ follower, for every believer in Jesus, that no matter what it looks like out there, because his word can be hidden in our heart, it equips us to have a greater light that can give us courage. So when I feel um, despair, Okay, just total despair, like, Lord, I don't have the energy to bump into another wall. I don't have the energy to manage saying, well, I can't do this. Somebody, can you please help me? Because, that, you know, that gets discouraging. It gets tiring. That's when I can remember a promise in God's word. Okay, Jennifer, just like God said to Joshua, be strong and of good courage because the Lord is with you. Then I say, okay, I can be strong and of good courage because the Lord is with me. I know that sounds simple, 
But I also understand that for some people, they think that that's got to be too difficult. But there is something about the power of God's word. Because God's word is alive, it gives us life. And it breathes hope into our despair and gives us courage. I have not found anything else that can give me as much courage as God's word. I can talk myself into stuff. I have good people in my life. But if it were not for God's Mm -hmm. word, just like Psalm 119 says, I would have perished in my affliction. Jennifer, do you think that some seasons are easier to take courage in than others? Like sometimes it's, uh, you've got this really scary but exciting opportunity for a job or to do something that you've always wanted to do, but you're just nervous, you're scared and, and you need courage to do it. Yeah. And then there's other times where you, you are in deep sorrow or you've got real challenges going on in your life. And do we take courage sort of in, in the same way? You know, I think God, just as he gives us adequate grace for each moment, I believe he gives us adequate courage. And sometimes I think when, when of course, days are easier, it seems like it requires less courage. Or maybe when we've got just natural excitement and adrenaline to face a difficult task, it seemingly requires less courage. But I guess what I believe is to, well, I know I believe this, to face anything, okay? Whether it's a big task, a little task, or let's be honest, the daily tasks of choosing joy over bitterness, the daily task of choosing to be content when life didn't turn out like we wanted. It all requires courage. And the degree of courage that we need, I believe God gives us according, just like he gives us grace according to the circumstance. But I guess what I would think is just because something seems easy, seems doable, doesn't mean we don't need courage from the Lord. Because otherwise, we might fall into the the illusion of thinking we can rely on ourselves. Remember, Paul talked about how all the difficult things happen, so he would learn not to rely on himself. There's a joy and a benefit of recognizing that Mm. even for the seemingly easy things, like choosing joy, having contentment, I still need to take courage from God rather than muster it up myself. There's so many opportunities for us to take courage in just the, the, the little things. And then also the big things. Um, and, and when I look through the scriptures, we have the heroes of faith that we read about in, in Hebrews chapter 11, I think it is. And in order for them to take faith, they also had to have courage. They had to have the courage to exercise faith in the promises of God, right? So you, you have Noah, who's got to have the courage to do what he's doing in the face of what's coming. You've got to have courage to be Abraham and venture out in faith to this land that you don't know about. Uh, You've got to have courage to be Sarah uh, or to be uh, Elijah or to be whoever it is. Um, And you've got to be courageous to be a mom who's dealing with a a child that's just gotten a cancer diagnosis, like someone in my family. Courage is so necessary. Jennifer, is there ever a time where we don't need God's help with courage or is it always God, who's going to be the source of our courage? Because I'm thinking about the people out there who don't know the Lord. And I'm thinking, man, going through life, having to pick yourself up by your bootstraps without the promises of God must be uh, terrifying. And exhausting. And exhausting. You know, I think sometimes we settle for brave when God gives it, when God could be giving us courage. Mm. And if you look at the original uh, Latin that we get the word courage from, it's C-O-U-R, like those who speak Spanish would know corazón. It, the Latin, is it stands for heart. And so when you consider that God, 
through Christ has redeemed our hearts. He's reshaped our hearts. He's refined our hearts. Then he is going to work within our hearts to give us courage. That's why you hear in scripture often take heart. It means take courage. courage. And so I think when we don't have the Lord, we don't really have the heart we need to experience the courage that he's called us to have. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We've been talking about uh, the virtue of courage, having a heart, uh, a lion's heart full of courage. But now let's move to this subject of discouragement. We seem to be so easily discouraged by our circumstances, uh, whether it's health or it's finances, uh, whatever it is, we can't control circumstances around us. And and, and we need to be able to combat this discouragement. So in your study, Take Courage, Jennifer, uh, you say that discouragement is an inside job. What do you mean by that? Yeah, it's definitely an inside job. We often think that discouragement comes from everything out there. Well, I lost my job or my teenager's rebellious or the stock market is a mess or I'm nervous about the political landscape of our world. It's so discouraging, discouraging. And we think it's all out there. But really, I believe that if God is in control, then discouragement is an inside job. In other words, it's not so much about the fact that I lost my job. It's what I believe about losing my job. It's not the fact that Mm. the world seems like in a political mess. It's about what I believe about that. And if my belief is secured and grounded and anchored in the sovereignty and goodness and reliability of God, then I can take courage. But if my belief is anchored in, I need the circumstances to be okay, or I need to feel like I can fix things, then I'm going to be discouraged. So when I say discouragement is an inside job, I mean, we really do have the ability to to combat and in some ways even to choose discouragement versus courage based on how we choose to believe what we believe about our circumstances and most importantly, what we believe about God. You said in your study, discouragement is real, but it's not real estate. What do you mean by that? I mean, it's real. We feel it, right? Uh, We all know that. I don't have to explain that to anybody. But it's not real estate. In other words, we don't have to live there. Oh, that's good. We feel it, but we don't have to stay there. We don't have to grow roots there. We don't have to decide that how I feel is who I am. What I struggle with is who I am. Just like when we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. We don't stop there and build a house and decide that's our new address. We know we're walking through it. Discouragement is the same thing. Mm. It's a process that we go through, but we don't end up living there. And when we go through discouragement, the gift is it doesn't diminish us. It actually boosts us and bolsters us because it is when we are discouraged that we experience God's comfort. And when we experience God's comfort, then we have something to give others, like Corinthians talks about yes. being being comforters because we have been comforted. So Jennifer, talk maybe for a moment about what's at stake if we stay in the wilderness of discouragement. Um, <laughs> what, is that, what does that actually deprive us of? 
if we don't take courage? Well, I believe if we if we don't take courage when we're in the wilderness, that the place that God has allowed for us to be, and it might be a pit, it might be a wilderness, it might be a really hard place, we think that that is the dead end. And I really believe that if we believe that something that God has allowed is the dead end, then it doesn't become the thoroughfare for greater blessing yes. that God is actually permitting. And so, you know, I look at the people, the Jewish people when they were in exile, such discouragement. But in Jeremiah 29, I mean, he the letter to the exiles there in 29, like we love verse 11, God said to his people, I know the plans I have for you, and they're for good and not for harm, for prosperity. And sometimes we, if we don't take courage, then we're saying, oh, Lord, no, thank you. I'd rather have my plan mm. to be discouraged and experience despair than to experience your plan for a bright future. What we're experiencing today does not have to be a prophecy for tomorrow unless we're the ones who choose to make the valley that God's letting us walk through a dead end in our life. Jennifer, so that people can really take a hold of this, what are some of the places uh, that might make us feel like we're in exile? What are some of the categories that would apply here? You know, all of us have experienced seasons of, of exile. I, the pandemic was a perfect opportunity for us to feel that sense of exile because when we're in exile, we're, we're removed from what is familiar to us. We're, we're disenfranchised. We feel alone. We feel, sh we feel pulled away from that which gave us a sense of identity or security. Sometimes our exiles are literally geographical. You know, you've moved to a new city and you don't know anybody. Sometimes they're physical. I have a friend who had cancer. And when she was near the very end of her life, she was a pastor's wife. She said to me, I wish I had understood how much cancer felt like exile. I would have entered in more. Sometimes physical things. Mm -hmm. I know blindness feels like exile. It, it feels very lonely no matter how much people try to enter in. I'm alone in it, and it, it feels like an exile. Sometimes one of the hardest ones, Kirk, is relational exile. There's so many watching right now who know exactly what I'm talking about because that man who said, I do, changed his mind and oh. said, I don't anymore. And rejection, divorce, uh, being a widow when you've loved somebody for a long time, it's exile. You feel so alone. There are times when we just feel separated and alone. But just like when the Jewish people were in exile and they were being reminded to take courage, God had a plan for them, even in exile, and he even told them, when it is time, when it is time, I will come get you and bring you back to your land. And for us, it's the same way. That's why we can take courage, because exile does not last forever, but God's faithfulness does. Jennifer, I think of some of the, the greatest sermons in Scripture, and you read them in the book of Acts and, and elsewhere uh, in the Psalms. You, you see how the saints of God would encourage one another by reminding them of God's faithfulness in the past. He took us out of Egypt. He crossed, he took us across the, the Red Sea. How is it that we can look on our own past and God's faithfulness there to give us courage for the future? Well, I would encourage anyone who's feeling uh, discouraged or needs courage for the future. Sometimes we think if I just have enough faith, I will have courage. 
or if I just had enough faith, I could get through this. And Kirk, you just said it beautifully. Sometimes we don't need to focus on our faith. We need to focus on God's faithfulness yes. because his faithfulness has been sure. And just like mm-hmm. the psalmist would say to his own soul, forget not his benefits. We need to remember that even on our worst days, if we can look back and forget not God's benefits, mm. then it will give us courage. And what's beautiful about that too is the psalmist was talking to himself. He says, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me. And then he goes on to say, and forget not his benefits. So I think you and I, if we are going to have the courage we need, we need to speak to ourselves the truth about God's faithfulness. We listen to ourselves. We talk to ourselves. So we need to tell ourselves the truth. Talk to your own soul. Soul, God has never let you down. Soul, God has been faithful Mm. to you and God will continue to be faithful. Jennifer, this is great news. My kids are always making fun of me for walking around the backyard talking to myself. But now I'm going to tell them that David did it too. And I'm going to tell them, I'm just giving myself a spiritual pep talk. And in your study, you talk about spiritual pep talks and how you sometimes start off your day this way with verses like, the Lord is the one who will go before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or abandon you. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Is this something that people should do? Give themselves uh, spiritual Bible-based pep talks? Absolutely. Because as we speak the word out loud to ourselves, Mm. our soul hears it. And just like you would encourage a friend who's discouraged and say, hey, you can do it. (laughs) We need to tell ourselves the spiritual equivalent of you can do it and has nothing to do with our ability. It has everything to do with what God says about us. It is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Therefore, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. So be strong and of good courage. Mm. Do not be dismayed because the Lord your God is with you. You sit there at the kitchen table in the morning with your cup of coffee and you start preaching to your own soul a spiritual pep talk. And there is nothing you will face that day that you are not equipped for because of the Word of God and the presence of God. Hi, I'm Kirk Cameron. Thanks for listening to this episode of Takeaways. If you love the conversations that we're having, please follow or subscribe to this podcast to never miss any of this great content. And please consider leaving a positive rating and a review to help others like you discover this show.